Welcome to True Spirituality Network. We are focused on spreading the gospel of God's love across the world. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out every fear. As you feed on God's love for you, allow His love to cast out every fear, worry, and anxiety. God loves you. Hi, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today on Radical Grace with Reverend Michael Onali. And I'm really anticipating an awesome time. If you join us for the first time, dude, this is True Spirituality Network. And so we are currently live on Facebook, we are live on Mixeller. And so you guys can either join, if you prefer visual, you can join with Facebook. If you prefer audio, then you can join with um, Mix LR. And I'm certain it's going to be an awesome time in the presence of God. And um, before I bring up our guest again, um, I think one of the things my generation and this country, this whole world needs right now is more good news. There are enough bad news in the world. So we need more preachers, more voices preaching the radical good news. The church is the only hope of the world right now. And you know, I always jokingly say, you will not really, really hear so many. Every news you see, every newspaper you read, you won't hear too much of the good things that are happening. And But when you come to the presence of God, when you come and hear the good news about what Jesus has done for you, naturally, he built your faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing about the word of God. The more we begin to feed on the word of God, the more faith begins to grow. And that's the will of God for us. And so I'm really glad when we put up events like this, when the Holy Spirit inspires us to set up meetings like this. And the person we're bringing up today is one of the radical preachers of God's grace. And, you know, when, when the grace of God is being preached radically, people's lives are being transformed radically. So I'm so sure it's going to be an awesome time. And so um, since I'm not the one preaching today, I know most of you already, you've seen me preach a lot, a lot of times. I'm going to bring up our, our guest and then I'm going to introduce him first of all. And then once I'm done, and then we're going to see what God has in store for us today. So ladies and gentlemen, you can, wherever you are, wherever country you are, whether audio you're connected, whether you're connected by video, uh, wherever you are just in your mind, just welcome and receive our guest all the way from India. I'm still going to ask him how you pronounce the last part of his name, but I'll just call him Reverend Michael. You're welcome, sir. How are you, sir? Okay. Can you hear me, sir? Okay, once again. Can you hear me, sir? Okay, just give me one second. Hello, sir, can you hear me? I can't hear you on my hand. Uh, yeah, can you Perfect. hear me? Perfect, I can hear you now. I know there's a lot of distance between Canada and India, so <laughs> the voice may travel. <laughs> but can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you clearly. Perfect. 
Jesus always win. And <laughs> and I'm so glad you can hear me now, sir. And how are you? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? I'm doing so great. And before we dive into um, what God has in store for us today, we really want to meet you. I said I was going to ask you how you pronounce your last name. And we want you to tell us a couple of things about yourself, things we don't know yet about you. So we just want to meet you. Tell us your full name, mostly your last name. And I, I know you're married, but I really want you to tell us a bit about yourself in one minute. And then you tell us much more about Jesus when you're preaching your sermon. Yeah, sure, brother. It's a privilege to be here. And thank you for inviting me to this uh, meeting. Yes, sir. And I'm really glad and happy that you're preaching the gospel of grace. And there's Amen. a platform like this where many people are hearing the gospel of grace. Amen. So I'm from India. Uh, my name is uh, Michael Honali. Nice. And I'm from uh, southern part of India. And nice. I've been married to a wonderful woman of God, uh, Nisi. Amen. And we have been just married for six months now. Oh, nice. That's, and that's really we are awesome. experiencing the grace of God. Amen. Amen. That, that's really nice. I think I got married. This is May, right? I got married six months ago, December 2019. So that should be six months ago. Six months. And yeah, that, that's really awesome. I, I got married at the end of November. Oh, okay, so you got married before me. <laughs> yeah, but that, that that's really nice. Uh, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than having an helpmate to support someone in this journey of faith and mutually somebody who you believe the same thing. And there's nothing more beautiful. The Bible says one who chase 1,000 and then two which is 10,000. And I strongly want to believe God has so many things in store for your family and Yes, I, I can't wait to see you tour countries preaching the radical gospel. And yes, maybe when we come to India in the future, myself and my wife, then maybe we'll get to meet you guys in person. But I'm really grateful. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus. We really want to appreciate your wife as well. Thank you for Airpods Tank as well for supporting you to also do this with us. And, and then, yes, I can't wait, actually. So for the next... 40 minutes uh, we want to receive your ministry we want to see what god has in store for us so i'm going to leave this place people have heard me over and over <laughs> but we want to hear you today we want to hear what god has in store for us so i'm going to leave this place now and then i'll be back in 40 minutes thank you so much once again and awesome brother thank you once again for having me over here it's a great privilege to minister to you all whoever is joining uh, from whatever part of the country you are believe today God is going to speak to you minister for you and uh, um, he's going to um, radically change your life through the message of the gospel um, I, I was a Christian I grew up as a, a Christian in a Christian home and I believed that I knew the gospel I believe that I knew the gospel but however um, I grew up in a very tough situation and later as the years passed, I realized that I really didn't know the gospel. So this, I just want to share you, uh, share with you a small testimony of mine on how I received the gospel of grace. 
few years ago that radically changed my life. So religion told me that God loves me based on my performance. And uh, that kept me away from God for a while. But when I grew up and I began to hear, I went to a meeting uh, in India by an evangelist. And I heard the evangelist say that God loves you. All that you need to do is believe in Jesus and you shall have eternal life and God shall save you. But uh, I, 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 when I heard that message, when I heard that God loves me, it was a too good to be a true news because in my younger days, I had messed up my life. In my teenage, I had completely messed up my life. I was into all kinds of bad habits, bad companies, and I had almost destroyed my life. So during that time, when I heard the gospel that said that God loves me, and the only thing that I need to do is believe in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I was very glad I believed in Jesus, and I began to think about Jesus. I began to... Uh, enjoy uh, this thought that God loves me. And, 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 and I, saw, uh, I saw a kind of transformation in my life. But before I could grasp the unconditional love of God with all my heart, I went to the church. When I went to the church, the message of the gospel changed. In the church, I began to hear that God loves me if I keep the rules of the church. And they gave me rules to keep and said to me, if I do not pray for so many hours, God won't be happy with me. They said to me, if you don't read your Bible for so many chapters, God won't love you. If you don't fast for so many days, God won't use you in ministry or God won't give you his blessing. So I was always laboring to earn the blessings, the favor, the goodness of God. Now, before I could grasp that message from an evangelist that said, God loves you unconditionally. I messed up my faith in God's love by believing that God loves me, accepts me, blesses me or gives me his favor when I keep these rules. And they began to quote me all the commandments in the Bible. That not just the Ten Commandments, but also the rules of the church. That if you don't pray for 15 to 20 hours a day, God is not happy with you. And as a young, as a, as a young Christian, as a youngster, I was doing more better than all the youths in the church. Rather, I was doing more better than most of the elders in the church. But my motive was not that I loved God, but that I could somehow please God through all these efforts and labor so that he could bless me. So I began to get behind uh, doing more for God so that he could look at me, he could have mercy on me, and then he would bless me based on my work. I would pray for uh, 24 hours, 72 hours, uh, read my Bible all through the day. I'm not saying it is wrong, but when it comes to earning your righteousness, earning the love of God for you through your works, it will always leave you in a hopeless situation.
because the standard of god is greater than any man's standard on this earth the standard of his holiness the standard of his righteousness is greater than the the best person living on this earth so i would try my best to impress god to please god to make him happy so that he could bless me give me favor but i ended up being guilty condemned frustrated angry upon myself and not just angry on myself the more i showed anger on myself i thought that god is angry with me because i did not keep the law i began to get angry on the other people as well i began to get mad at my family i got began to get mad at people who are not living uh, up to my standards because i believed that god was angry with me because i was not keeping the law and any time i would open the bible i would feel guilty because i would see what is wrong in me through the law so i was on a roller coaster where i was feeling guilty then coming to god confessing my sins and then thinking that today god is happy with me and then messing up again and then feeling guilty and then this 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 cycle of feeling guilty trying to please god again confessing of sin it went on for many years and at the end of all this i got frustrated exhausted tired and i was on my knees one day and i said to god god i am not happy i was happy before coming to the church because i did not have the fear of going to hell i was not having the fear of um not pleasing you i did not have the fear of losing salvation so now i said to god i am not happy in my relationship with you i became honest with god and said god i am not happy with you i am not enjoying my relationship with you i try my best but still i fail i do the best that most of the christian don't do but still i feel guilty that i am still doing wrong and i'm not equal to your standard every time i reach a standard there is another standard i see where i need to reach and i am tired in this journey and exhausted and i expected god to be angry with me i expected god to be mad at me because i i because i became honest with him and and say that i am tired in my relationship with him but instead instead of uh, experiencing the judgment of god i began to experience a tangible love of god that said to me son i never called you to work for me so that you could be blessed or i never called you so that you could do all these things so that i might love you my love for you is unconditional son all these days you have stopped me from loving you because you believed that if you live a holy life if you keep all these commandments if you keep all the rules of your church then i am going to accept you and you have always kept me from loving you you have kept me away from from you because you believed it 
And during that time, Jesus said to me, he said, will you let me love you? Will you let me love you, son? I have been waiting. I have been waiting to love you. I have been waiting to fellowship with you. I have been waiting for you to realize that I do not love you because you are lovely. I love you because I am love. And immediately after that revelation, instead of having uh, an experience of the wrath and judgment of God, I began to experience the love of God. And immediately after that, God began to introduce me to preachers like Joseph Prince, Andrew Womack, uh, and, and many grace preachers who began to unveil to me the word of God, the truth of the gospel of grace. And I began to see that this God is not the God of judgment. He's the God who is love. He's not a judgmental God. He's the God who is love. And I began to experience the power of God, which I never experienced praying for hours. I'm not saying I don't need to pray. I pray more than anybody else. I love enjoying. I enjoy the presence of God. I enjoy my fellowship with God. I enjoy talking to God. But now it's no more a rule, but it is an enjoyment. It's a pleasure to be with God because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So I, when, when I began to get the revelation of God's grace, I began to experience the power of God. As brother uh, said just now that gospel is the good news and many Christians haven't heard it. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. And the Greek word for salvation there, uh, that there are two Greek words for salvation. One is sozo and another is soteria. And both means uh, salvation, healing, deliverance, protection, provision, and wholeness. So this is the definition of salvation. Salvation is not just going to heaven one day. It is about experiencing the life of God on this earth. But the reason many Christians do not experience that power of God on this earth is because they have not heard the true gospel. They have not heard the true gospel. Uh, you can see on the faces of Christians... If you don't believe me, you can see it on the faces of Christians. It, 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 they, they enter into their prayer room and they come back as if God was sticking a gun on their head and he was about to shoot them and they just escaped and came. So their face will be hanging with sadness when they fellowship with God. They are not experiencing the joy of God. The angels proclaimed to the shepherds, it is the glad tiding of great joy. When you hear the true gospel, it does not bring fear of judgment. It brings the joy of salvation. Not just joy. The Bible says it is glad tiding of great joy. Hallelujah. Sadly, today, many Christians have not heard the gospel. So let us come to, uh, 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 to discover what is actually the gospel of grace. Let us come to John chapter 1 verse 17, which is our primary text for this meeting. 
John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses. It was given in an impersonal way. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came in the person of Jesus Christ. So grace is not a curriculum. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is not something that you say on your dining table. Grace is a person and his name is Jesus. Now notice here, this verse says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That means the law is not the gospel. Many Christians believe that law is the gospel, but law is not the perfect representation of God. Jesus is the perfect representation of God. Hallelujah. Jesus is the perfect representation of God. So the reason why many Christians are not enjoying the power of the gospel is because they mix the law and the grace. Now, what is the law? The law is, under the law, you get what you deserve. Under the law, you get what you deserve. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, you will see that under the law, if you keep all the blessing, all the, all the commandments of God, you will be blessed. But if you break even a single commandment, all the curses mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 28 shall come upon you. So under the law, it was all about your performance to earn the blessing, to earn the salvation, to earn the favor of God. If you keep the commandments of God, you would be blessed. If you break a single commandment, you would be cursed. Now, there are around uh, 66 verses in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And hardly 14 words talk about the blessing that would come upon people who keep the law. But the rest of the verses, around 54 verses or 56 verses, talk about the curses that come upon those who disobey the law. Now, many people do not know what was the purpose of the law. And that's the reason Christians tolerate law in the church. There was a purpose for the law. And the purpose was not to make you holy. The purpose was not to make you perfect. The purpose of the law was to make you guilty. Romans chapter 3 verse 19 says that the law was given so that all the mouth may become may be shut and everyone may become guilty before the law before God I mean before God so the purpose of the law was not to make you holy the purpose of the law was to bring you to the end of yourself where you stop trusting in your own works and believe in Jesus Christ to justify you.
So under the law, you get what you deserve. Now I want to give you three definitions. The definition of law, the definition of mercy, and the definition of grace. The definition of the law is, under the law, you get what you deserve. Under mercy, you get, you don't get what you deserve. All, we all know that uh, under the law, we deserve punishment because our works deserve judgment and punishment, right? So under the law, we get what we deserve. Under mercy, we don't get what we deserve. That is punishment. We don't get the punishment that our works deserve. But under grace, we get what we do not deserve. Is there anything in your life what you think that you don't deserve? It is the exact thing that God through his grace has qualified you to receive it. It is the exact thing. Anything that you deserve, God cannot give you as a free gift. But is there anything that you say that I don't deserve it in my life? Is, do you think that you don't deserve healing? God gave it to you as a free gift. That's the grace of God. Hallelujah. Let us come to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Hebrews, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Now the word salvation, as I said to you, the Greek word for salvation here is sozo, which does, which does not mean just going to heaven one day. Sozo means healing, protection, provision, deliverance from this present evil age and wholeness. It is, it is, it is experiencing God kind of life on this earth. That is salvation. And this verse says that salvation is a free gift of God. Salvation is a free gift of God. It is not earned by your good works or by trying to keep the law. Salvation is a free gift of God. Let me say this to you. Anything that you think that you need to, you have earned it by your works is not a gift of God. It is not from God. Anything that you think you have earned by your own efforts, works, or trying to keep the law is not from God. Anything that is not free is not fr from God because you cannot earn the blessing, the favor, the goodness, the salvation of God by your works. It is a free gift of God that can be only received by faith. I'm sure that uh, most of you have heard this difference between the law and grace and you have understood grace uh, through, uh, through the ministration of brother uh, who leads this meeting. But today I want to tell you that many Christians, they are still going back to the law after receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior and becoming saved, they are going back under the law 
under the under the law and 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 if you read the bible especially the epistles of paul paul wrote extensively in his letter against legalism if you read paul's epistle it deals with the dangers of going back and living under the law romans galatians hebrews are three letters that extensively deals with the dangers of living under the law in romans paul explains how we cannot be justified and be made right with god through the works of the law if you read especially chapter 3 4 and 5 until 8 you will realize paul extensively teaching about we being justified by faith faith in the finished work of christ alone and not through the works of the law in galatians paul was literally mad he was angry and he rebuked the church at galatians for entertaining any teaching that are based on the old testament law why because law i i will tell you the effects of being under the law but if you read romans and especially galatians you will see paul getting angry with the church because they were entertaining teachings that are based on the law and paul called them foolish galatians if you read ephesians Paul says I thank God for your faith. If you read Corinthians he says Corinthians were people who are living in sin. He says I thank God for your faith. If you read Philippians Paul says I thank God for your faith. But when he comes to Galatians he does not thank God for their faith but he rebukes them saying you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. Hallelujah. Do you know what is the greatest witchcraft? that anybody can do on a christian i'm sure uh, a, a nigerians know a lot about witchcraft they will be talking uh, I, i have friends and they tell me that uh, most people uh, around they will be talking about the witchcraft and people are doing a lot of witchcraft and stuff like that but do you know that those witchcraft are not powerful until a man until a christian is brought under the law the greatest witchcraft any preacher any any preacher can do over a believer yes i am talking about preachers the greatest witchcraft on a christian cannot be done by some witch doctor but the greatest witchcraft that can be done upon a believer is through preachers and this is what paul says oh foolish galatians who has done a witchcraft on you by bringing you back under the law you were saved by grace you received miracle by grace by hearing the gospel of grace you received the holy spirit by hearing the gospel of grace now you began in the spirit under grace and now you're trying to make it perfect by keeping the law aren't you foolish hallelujah even today there are many christians who believe that once they believe in jesus and receive salvation receive uh, jesus christ in their life they need to go back to the law to become holy 
to make to become perfect to become more righteous to become more uh, more like god it is like going to the garden of eden enjoying your fellowship with god and then going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and then once again partaking in the knowledge of good and evil isn't it foolish after knowing that the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil produces death so the law was never given to make us holy or righteous it was given so that man could realize his inability to become right with god and his need for a savior the only purpose of the law was to break the pride of those of the jews who said that i can save myself through my good works god brought the people of israel out of egypt by his grace he did miracles by his grace he divided the red sea by his grace he provided manna for them by his grace until they come to mount sinai and when god decided to give the law instead of saying god we cannot they said to god in pride that god i will keep the commandment whatever you command and the same day when the law was given 3000 people fell down and died so many christian think that law is good law, uh, preaching the law is good in the church of course the law is good when it comes to using it with its purpose there was a purpose for the law and to bring and and the purpose of the law was to bring mankind to the end of himself but now if the church goes back under the law okay let us read uh, romans chapter 10 verse 4 once a person believes in jesus romans 10 verse 4 for christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes hallelujah Christ is the end of the law for everyone who believes we are no more under the bondage of the law we are under the grace of our lord jesus christ we are not trying to earn the blessings of god we are not trying to earn the salvation of god we are not trying to be uh, to earn a blessing from god we are we are blessed because of the finished work of jesus now what will happen what will happen to a believer who goes back to live under the law there are dangers of going back under the law that's a reason paul was angry with galatians let us see the effects of being living under the law number 1 what happens or what are the effects of living under the law number 1 the law condemns the law condemns the law was not given to make you holy or righteous the law was given so that you could be become guilty before before god so the law will not make you holy the law makes you condemned 
I remember living under the law. Uh, I I always spent my life uh, in condemnation and guilt. I never enjoyed the presence of God. I never experienced the joy of the Lord. I always lived in condemnation and guilt. Because the purpose of the law was to make us guilty, to make us condemned by showing us our sins. I remember a few years ago, I was ministering in a city called uh, Tista Valley in the northeast part of India. And there, uh, for seven days, I preached the gospel of grace. And at the end of the meeting, a brother came to testify. He belonged to a different church. He was attending my meeting for seven days. And at the end of the meeting, on the seventh day, he came to testify to us. And he said to, and he said to us that whenever he would go to the church, there was a big board on which the law was written. And not just the law, there was more rules written on the doorpost of his church. So every Sunday he would go to the church, he would check the list with his lifestyle. He would see, have you read your Bible? He would mark. Have you prayed for so many hours? Have you fasted for so many days? Have you spoken lies to somebody? Have you committed adultery? So he would see all these things and he would mark around four to five uh, of, 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 of this list. By the end, by the, by the time he, f he could finish the, the whole list, he would end up feeling guilty, thinking that I am not perfect. God is not happy with me. God is angry with me. And then he would enter the church and he would often be reminded of his sin. The devil would accuse him of his sin and he kept on living under the law, uh, under, under, under defeat, under the devil. You see, when you're living under the law, your heart will always be condemned. You will always have a commandment from the Bible that says you haven't done perfect enough to please God. And the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the saints. And Satan uses the law to condemn the saints, to accuse the saints. I remember I would go, uh, when I was a legalistic believer, I would go out to minister to the sick. And whenever I would go out to minister to the sick, I would try to lay hands on the sick. And immediately I would take it back because the devil would remind me of a commandment which I haven't kept. And I used to feel guilty and think that God cannot use me. God cannot use me. God's power won't work in my life. And then I would not have the confidence to pray for the sick. I'm sure many of you have been there. Hallelujah. So the law will always keep us in condemnation. Number two, the law kills. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you will you'll understand that the law is the ministration of death. The law will not produce life. If you are living under the law, you will only experience death. If, be it in your relationship with God, be it in your walk with God, be it in, in your health, be it in your prosperity, be it in any area of your life. The law only produces death. 
you cannot say i will be under the law and i will have life do you remember god said to adam and eve the day you eat the fruit of knowledge of good and evil you will die you will surely die many christians think if i go back under the law i am going to experience life no you are going to experience death many christians they 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 are redeemed from death they experience uh, jesus in their life and immediately they want to run back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that represents the law and they want to eat from the law instead of enjoying from the tree of life and that's the reason many christians live a defeated life today they experience death in their life today they experience uh, they don't experience the life of god that is in them now the subtle way of the devil if devil wants to keep you defeated if the devil wants to destroy your life if the devil wants to kill you the only way to kill you is to get you back under the law not by doing some kind of witchcraft the bible says there is no witchcraft formed against a believer against the house of god the only way the devil can deceive you is by bringing you is through the message that teaches you law paul was angry with galatians because they were entertaining the law for this reason because the law produces death so so if you're thinking that if you go back to the law i'm going to experience life no you're going to experience death so law kills number 3 the law increases sin the law increases sin the law does not make you holy the law increases sin many christians preach the law many preachers preach the law in the church because they think if we preach the law people are going to become more holy but it's wrong the bible says if you read romans chapter 7 you will see paul mentioning about uh, uh, about people uh, about the lifestyle of people who are living under the law they are never stable when they want to live a holy they will see that sin is increasing in their life in romans 7 paul had the audacity to say that the law increases sin i was alive once without sin but when the uh, sorry i was alive once without the law but when the law came sin revived and i died so the law will only revive sin if you are if you are a preacher and you're going to preach in the church thou shall not commit adultery thou shall not commit adultery thou shall not commit adultery all through the year you're going to see people are going to commit adultery because by preaching the law you're making people sin conscious the law makes people sin conscious while the grace of christ makes people son conscious son of god conscious jesus conscious the law makes people sin conscious and therefore people sin more living under the law it is like it is like pouring if 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 you if you think that in your congregation there are people who are committing adultery committing sin and you're thinking that by preaching the the law you're going to decrease sin in the church 
let me tell you you are pouring petrol over the fire of sin sin is going to ignite and it's not going to decrease so the law increases sin because because law makes us conscious of sin on the other hand when you teach grace the undeserving unmerited favor of god you're making them jesus conscious if you want your church to become dirty preach the law if you want your church to be holy preach grace i want to give you an example uh, of few years ago god gave me this uh, revelation and he showed me the life of joseph many legalistic preachers will give the example of the lifestyle of joseph but they don't know the reason for the holy lifestyle of uh, joseph in the old testament you see there was no law under the old testament during during the time of joseph there was no law that said to him thou shall not commit adultery god had not given a commandment to joseph saying that if you commit adultery i am going to kill you i am going to punish you thou shall not commit adultery but you see that the favor the undeserving unmerited favor of god that was upon joseph made him run away from adultery it was not the law that made him run away from adultery it was the grace and the favor of god upon his life that made him run away from adultery so i think i am running out of time let us come to the final verse romans chapter 5 verse 17 this is one of the most dear words to me it is it it has changed my life romans chapter 5 verse 17 for by one man's offense death reigned through the one much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one jesus christ notice here this verse say this verse does not say that those who perform good will reign in life many christians want to reign in life they want to reign over sin they want to reign over addictions they want to reign over sickness they want to reign over poverty but they 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 think that if they perform well to god they perform well when they keep more of the laws they are going to reign in life but god is not looking for good performers he is looking for good receivers we are not learned how to receive the blessing of god where even if we go to the restaurant and if someone else is paying a bill we don't want them to pay a bill here here around us when we go out with relatives we fight with them to keep our self respect that i will pay you don't need to pay hallelujah even when we go out uh, uh, in the world the world will pay wages to us for our performance but god's system is different God does not grade you based on your performance God gives you his abundant supply as a gift of his grace 
Notice here, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. So when you wake up in the morning tomorrow or today, whatever, whatever time it is right now. So don't think about, I need to keep that law. I need to keep this rule. I need to pray for so many hours. I need to read my Bible so many pages of my Bible, so many chapters of my Bible. And then God will bless me. If you're living with this mentality, you're always going to be defeated and experience death in your life. You're not going to experience the power, the blessing and favor of God in your life. The only way to receive the favor of God and and reign in life is by becoming a good receiver. So when you wake up in the morning, you don't need to say, God, I will do this for you. I will do that for you. I will do this for you. No, you need to look to Jesus who finished the work on the cross and provided to you salvation, healing, blessing, favor, goodness of God and say, God, I rest in the finished work of Jesus. I am not looking forward to perform, to earn your salvation, earn your blessings, earn your goodness in my life. I am freely receiving what you have freely given, Father. I don't need to keep the law. I don't need to move a stick. I don't need to push a thing for you to bless me. I know that you love me. I know that you have favored me. And all that you're giving me is a free gift. And today I don't want to be a good performer. I want to be a good receiver. And you begin to receive what God has freely given to you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Grace is not about what you do for God, pe people. The gospel is not about what you do for God. Gospel is about what God has done for you through his son, Jesus. It is his finished work. And God desires that you enter into his rest and receive what he has freely made available for you. You know, I heard a, a, a preacher come to me years ago and said to me, uh, brother, you know what? The reason God has given, uh, the reason God has blessed me with this ministry because I fasted for 40 days and prayed. That's a lie. Another preacher came to me and said to me, the reason God has blessed me so much is because uh, I have served him for so many years. That's a lie. Anything that is not free, anything that is that is earned by your own works is not from God. Many Christians are living in this deception. Anything that is not free is not from God. You have received every blessing, be it the gift of ministry, be it the gift of salvation, be it the gift of healing. It's a gift and it's not a reward for your good works. So I hope and pray that you all would become, you, you would all have a heart of receiving than of performing. Your father is looking, he's, he's searching for good receivers, not good performers. Today, make a decision that you are going to be rooted and grounded in grace. And whenever you hear any other gospel, 
you're going to examine it with the gospel of Paul and the verses that I shared with you today and stand on that ground of grace, that favor ground of grace and keep receiving, keep receiving, keep receiving the grace and the, and the, and the gift of righteousness and you will begin to reign in life. Hallelujah. So we are running out of time and I would like to end this uh, meeting with a short prayer for you all that may the Father give you the revelation of the finished work of Jesus on that cross so that you may be a good receiver and reign in life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Reverend Michael. This is awesome. And I, I am really, really blessed. Really, really blessed. Okay, I'm, I'm sure you can't hear me yet. But if you're joining us for the first time once again, We've been we've been experiencing um, the grace of God through the ministry of um, Reverend Michael, and he's been explaining to us how the grace of God is a gift, and gifts are to be received, not achieved. And again, this is very important in your walk with God because if you bring yourself under the law, you will wear out. You always feel as if there's something you are not doing enough. You feel as if you have to do more for God to love you. You know, you shared your experience. My own personal experience as well. I gave my life to Christ in 2012. And all my life is just, I want to make God love me. That was my quest. That was my goal. That was my desire. And then, but you know, after four years in 2016, God made me understand, you can't love me. In fact, 1 John 4, 19, I believe says, we love because he loved us first. So it is important we know that he actually loves you minus your actions minus your performance it has nothing to do with you and one of the statements you said that was so powerful is the gospel is not about what we do for god it's all about what he did for us through jesus and it takes humility to respond and to receive that gospel in fact to be under the law is pride you want to prove to god that you can do this for him but the most humble thing you can do for God is to receive that which he has done for you through Jesus. And then another thing you said that blessed me so much is that God is not looking for performers. God is looking for receivers, people that will just rest in what Jesus has done. And having begun in the spirit, continue in the spirit. So it's very important as believers, we understand that the grace of God, the, the Holy Spirit, our salvation, these things are gifts from God. We didn't do anything. We didn't achieve them. We received them. And that mentality has to continue. And you know, you just said something that blessed my life. Preachers, people in ministry, people experiencing good things in their life, they feel as if, well, it's because of their works. Well, they've been fasting. They've been, no, no, no. God is a good God. Some of us think God is doing us a favor because we are doing him a favor. No, no, no. He's blessing us because he's a good father. He is your shepherd. And he just wanted to understand. He loves you. And that's what the grace of God is all about. And I am so sure, I, I want to go through the comment, but I'm so sure if anybody has questions, they can drop it. But this really blessed me so much. Really, really blessed me so much. And our, our message as preachers is to remind people their identity in Christ. Again, we are who we are today, not because of what we are doing. The love of God for us is not based on how good we are. It is based on how good God is. And we begin to focus on God's love for us effortlessly. You can't help it. You will love God in return. I understand people are like, boy, I want to love God. If you really want to successfully love God, you have to feed on his love for you. It was his love for us that made all the difference. So these words just 
bless me so much and i'm really grateful you 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 you're sharing this gospel radically and i'm so sure more lives are being transformed over there more lives will be transformed through this message that it's not about what we do for god it's all about what he has done for us that's what makes the gospel the gospel this is the only way we can all say what is the lamb that was slain to receive power blessings and the riches and the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of god and of his father so we just have to understand at the end of the day that it's not about us i'm so sure our week is blessed if we just just like you said when we wake up in the morning it shouldn't be god i will do this for you it's be we more be giving thanks for what we are receiving through what christ has done for us so i know my week is blessed my day is blessed and i want to feed more on content like this reminding me that I don't have to do one million things. Sir, so an average person will wear out when they start doing. Our gospel is not doing gospel. It's more receiving what somebody did. It's not about our works. It's more Jesus finished works. This is the only way we can be Christ conscious. Just like you said, the grace of God will make you focus on Jesus, not self. If we look at ourselves, we'll see the things we are not doing enough. We'll be disappointed in ourselves. We'll see our weakness. We'll see our pride, our insecurity. But when we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, we can rest. And this is what Romans 5.1 was saying. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we now have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way an average person or a believer can have peace is when the faith is on what Jesus has done. If we put faith in what we are doing, we can't find peace. There will be unrest. We feel as if we are not doing it now. now. I'm just really just grateful for a time like this. I really, and I know, you know, one hour may not be enough, but it, it's really, really been an awesome time. I really want to appreciate you. And uh, I, and I, was, I had a question in my mind that I said I was going to ask you after the whole session. So, okay, now let, let's assume we have a Christian now who got saved and then has been living under the law, a mindset of law is you trying to prove to God that God, I love you, and then God, I'm trying my best. So we think we are trying to earn God's blessing, earn God's favor, and just like you said, we can't earn it. It's a gift. Again, if you're trying to earn it, it's a salary. <laughs> if you receive it, then it's a gift. God is giving us so many things, but at times we want to show God, God, I deserve this. God doesn't want you to deserve it. He loves you. But let's let's assume we have a believer now who's trying to transition who is now beginning to understand the grace of God. And again, because just like you said, actually, you know, if, if care is not taken, you can also find yourself going back to that mentality again, trying to please God. The only way we can please God is by faith, not by our works again. So let's have a believer, let's, let's assume we have a believer who is already transitioning. How can that believer keep himself in that consciousness of walking in the grace of God? The Bible says, having been God in the spirit, continue in the spirit. How can I remain in that consciousness? Because again, it's almost easy. Our flesh wants to do things again. I want to remind us or wants to bring us to that consciousness of we should earn, we should do more so that God can do more in our lives. That's an average believer's mentality. He thinks when he do more for God, God will do more for him. Again, that's a law mentality. The grace mentality is God will do more and will keep doing more because of what Jesus has done. But how can a believer remain in that consciousness of okay now i understand the grace of god that when i got saved it's not because i did anything it's because jesus did everything and i must continue in this consciousness how, how can a believer remain this is monday by wednesday how can a believer still remain in that consciousness and not again find himself trying to make god i'm trying my best how, how can a believer remain in the consciousness of grace
Um, one of the ways is by hearing the gospel over and over again. Uh, since we have been living in legalism for many years now, um, uh, so it is it is it is common that people would want to go back to the law, their flesh, as you said, um, flesh is attracted to religion. I would say that flesh is attracted to religion. It is attracted to the law where we want to do more for God instead of receiving more from God. So I would like to say that doing more for God is a byproduct of receiving more from God. Right? So believers need to receive more from God. Now, here are, the, here are some emotional effects that uh, we are going back under the law. And uh, uh, one of them is condemnation and guilt. Um, um, another is frustration. Another is anger. These are all the result of living under the law. Many times people try to deal with the fruits uh, uh, of anger, fruit of sin in their life, but they don't realize the, that, that the root is the law to produce all these negative fruits. So oftentimes when I see believers um, uh, going back under the law, um, I have patience on them because usually uh, when when I see my my congregation, my people whom I preach the gospel going back to the law, I let them taste the law, the fruit of the law that is frustration so that they could understand that grace produces life it is only the grace that produces life so if we are if we have to be conscious of grace always you just need to keep hearing the gospel of grace faith comes by hearing not having heard so we need to keep hearing and hearing and hearing the gospel because if we hear the law it is quick for heart for a heart to grasp it because if we go to the school if we go to the workplace if we go to a job every system in the world is based on performance yeah so it is a constant uh, 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 commitment to hear the gospel and renew our mind i remember uh, going to a legalistic church in the beginning even after hearing the uh, gospel of grace, believing in the gospel of grace, I would end up uh, going to my church because I, I was a member of the church and the Lord inspired me saying, uh, don't go and preach in that, in that church, but go and sit back and let the fruit of your life speak. So I would go to the church. I would not act as if I know the gospel and condemn the preacher over there. I just sat behind and let the fruit of the gospel in my life speak uh, to the people around me. So I would attend this uh, church service. And when I would hear this gospel that, that was based on legalism, I would immediately come back home, plug into my earphone and start my grace party over there. <laughs> I would start wow. a grace party because when, when you taste the gospel of grace, yeah, you would yeah, never like yeah. to enjoy your self-efforts and legalism. Yeah, you would never yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, you would yeah. immediately know. I have suffered a long time in legalism. So I can even smell where there is legalism. If I, mm. if I could hear uh, a, a, a gospel that is mixed little bit of the law, a lot of grace and even little bit of the law, I just mm. know that it is full of law. So Paul was not angry for... 
preaching more grace he was angry for even little bit of mixture of the law yeah yeah he said even the little bit mixture of the law little bit of the law in the gospel could ruin your life yeah. so it is a constant experience that we go through uh, that will teach us to be conscious of the grace of god always and there is an abundance joy i i call it as a grace party and uh, uh, there's always a, a party that <laughs> that is happening in my heart when i'm constantly thinking about the gospel and uh, yeah i want to be in that state always so that Amen. i just to hear the gospel always Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So faith comes by hearing. So the more we hear about the gospel of grace, that it's not about our works, it's more about Jesus' finished works. And you begin to see your own life, every other thing you do for God will be a fruit. Again, we love because God loves us first. The emphasis should be on his love for us, not our love for him. Because we couldn't love him perfectly. He loved us perfectly. We couldn't die for him. He died for us. I only jokingly tell people this. Most of the time we say, God, I'm desperate for you, Lord. We are not so desperate for God. He was desperate for us. He didn't want heaven without us. So he became like one of us. And then so that he can come to our level and then he can bring us to where he is. So today we are seated at the right hand of the Father, actively sitting there because why? God loves us. And we begin to feed on content like this. I'm not sure. I'm still going to ask Reverend Michael. Is there a place you think people can access your content to the case they want to listen to more of your content? Is, is there a, a link? Is there a website? Is there a platform where they can access maybe any of your audios, videos, YouTube, or any platform at all? Yeah, we are on YouTube. Okay. Uh, my videos are on, uh, we have two YouTube channels. Uh, one uh, is my personal uh, channel and okay. another we have recently began uh, to post recorded messages of our online Bible study, which we have on weekends on Zoom. And uh, we are also on Facebook. We are also on Instagram. What's the name or what's the... Uh, platform what's the name of the handle what's the name of the platform should they search for reverend michael or nali yeah michael honali i'll just send you okay. the link below okay that'll be that'll be awesome so I'll, i can always add it to the to the um thank you so much i'm gonna add it to the um facebook this particular video once i post it on facebook and once again i really want to appreciate the fact that you know we are in a world where people are not so confident about preaching this gospel because again, an average community is filled with so many law preachers. So the grace preachers, the love of God preachers, I radically preach the unconditional love of God. I, I have over, by the grace of God, 600 content talking about the unconditional love of God. And that's what I've been preaching all my life. And I've seen so many lives transformed. Now we are raising believers who are not scared of God, but they see God as a father. And then they walk with him based on relationship, not based on legalistic. They are even doing more for God now than when they were on that day. And that's, that's the fruit, that's one of the fruits. You realize your fellowship with him more, you have more peace, joy, it has always been there. They're supposed to be the fruit of the spirit. But the moment you realize your fruits are condemnation, then something is wrong. You need to just check what you're listening to. So I'm gonna share the link and then, uh, before we pray for everybody, okay, perfect, I think I saw the link now, some of you share the link. Okay, um, okay, the website is fine. I'll get the link personally in my WhatsApp DM and I can always upload it later so that people can click on it. I know people can click on it like this. I'm not sure that people can click on it. 
And once again, thank you so much. And quick one, by the way. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who was able to connect. We have Anu Sri. I know these people are more of your people from, from India, right? This person. Yeah, I, I know. And then we have Anu Akiola. This is my wife, by the way. And then she's connected. And then we have Srimant Onali. Is this your wife? Just to be sure, I said I was going to ask you. Is this your wife? That's my brother. Oh, that's your brother. Okay. And then thank you so much for joining us, um, Srimant. And then we have Evangelist um, Onyike Victor. And then we have Nisi Michael. And this is your wife, right? I'm trying to confirm which of them is your wife, so I don't mind. <laughs> okay, so we really want to appreciate everybody for connecting. Thank you for yes, joining us. Oh, nice. So we're saying hi to you, uh, Nisi. Thank you so much for always supporting Reverend Michael. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, okay, perfect. And his official Facebook account is Michael Onali. I also follow him personally after this particular session. But once again, there's nothing more beautiful. There's joy. There's peace. And we are not just preaching this thing as theory. We are experiencing this peace in our lives. And you can see the smile on, on Reverend Michael's face. And this is what the goodness, the grace of God is all about. Jesus died for us to experience all of those things. He took everything back so that we can experience everything good. He became sin on the cross so that we can become the righteousness of God. He took our place so that we can actively take his place. We are sons now. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. Don't disqualify yourself. God loves you. God is not mad at you. He's not angry with you. The book of Isaiah 54, 9 and 10 says, I swear I would never be angry with you nor rebuke you. So if you hear any voice on your head making you feel as if God is mad, that's the enemy moving around like a roaring lion, making you feel as if God is angry with you. He can never be angry with you. Don't feel as if God has left you. Hebrews 13, 5, the Bible says, I will never leave nor forsake you. And that's the God you serve. It's all about love. It's, there is no anger. There is no punishment. Just think God. Think love. Think about your father and receive abundance of grace. We are to be receiving these things. You can't achieve it. Don't try and achieve it. Just keep receiving and keep receiving and effortlessly you begin to see your life get transformed. It's been an awesome time. I'm just going to allow Reverend Michael to pray for every single one of us and then we'll wrap it up here. Sure, brother. So thank you once again for inviting me and uh, we love you. You're doing a great work for the Lord. Thank you so much. Let us pray. Gracious Father, in Jesus' name, uh, for every viewers, every listeners, Father, in Jesus' name, that you reveal your unconditional love to them, Father. Father, you're not mad at them, but you're madly in love with them. So madly in love with them that you do not consider to come on this earth and die for them on that cross. The death of cross is your seal that you love us, Father. Thank you that you are giving them revelation because your love cannot be understood with our small brains. It needs, we need a revelation. It takes the revelation from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right now, Father, we ask you that unveil your love to them. Reveal yourself to them, Father. Amen. Father, whatever we have preached and take it, O oh Lord, Father. Lord, if we have missed something, Lord, make it clear to every saints of yours. May Amen. they experience you, Father, Amen. like never before. 
May they enjoy their relationship with you like never before. Few years ago, you called me and said, "It is my pleasure that people may be reconciled with me and know that I am in madly in love with them." And you called me to preach this gospel of grace. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that every hearer may know your love tonight, and Father, may they experience you. and the finished work of jesus enlighten the eyes of the understanding thank you father that you have done it and we give you all the glory in amen. jesus name we pray amen 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 thank you so much thank you so much once again we really celebrate you we appreciate you from all of us myself my wife and every members of the ministry we really want to say thank you once again to yourself and your wife we know we'll have more of this in time to come and if you come to canada anytime let us know we're willing to host you and and but it, it's it's really been an awesome time thank you so much once again and so i'm going to end this broadcast right now wherever you're joining us from once again you can follow up uh, reverend michael on facebook just search for michael onally and then keep anytime you want to remind us about the gospel of grace you can go on his platform just listen and keep listening keep hearing and that's how faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god all right thank you so much once again everybody god bless you thank you so much sir once again we love you and we celebrate you god bless you amen if you have been blessed by this message we invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of god's love to all nations send us an email on truespiritualitynetwork@gmail.com you can also follow us on all social media platforms truespiritualitynetwork on both facebook and instagram tspirituality on telegram and akimika on youtube so catch up with all our podcasts search for akimika on all major platforms including spotify audio mark and anchor as you feed on god's love for you allow his love to cast out every fear and remember it's not about you it's all about jesus Music